Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello again, and welcome for us somewhat later, unfortunately the temperature seems to have cooled off a little, to... Gatecast episode 191, and despite our best efforts with audio and misplugged items, Jeff is still with us. Hello, everyone. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Siege Part 2, the middle episode of a trilogy. We are not recording the Siege Part 3 tonight. No, we're bloody not. <laughs> well, if you do, you'll do it without me. <laughs> right. We left Atlantis in uh, deep peril. The defence satellite had been blown up. We'd lost Grodin died valiantly, mm-hmm. apologising. And it really wasn't his fault. McKay repaired the circuit, and that's what failed. Yes. Uh, why is it that other people must die to stoke McKay's ego? <laughs> McKay's ego is that massive that it requires human sacrifice. That's a good line. Can we use that in the show notes on Facebook? <laughs> sure. Put more people off. <laughs> Maybe on Google+, because nobody else at the Google+, Plus anything. <laughs> It gets plus one quite a bit and shared around the pictures anyway. <laughs> the gallery does. Yeah, I wonder why you have seen some of your gallery photos. Hi, I'm Nukchas, the host of Nutty Bites. And hi, I'm Tech, Nutty's regular guest. Or antagonist. Our podcast is like a call-in show where geeks get to debate topics about speculative fiction. We don't really debate. Sure we do. We debate topics such as lame superpowers, the best villains, and our favorite apocalypses. We're more like rant, rave, and then have massive nerd rages. People call in from all over the world, sometimes minor celebrities, and we've even had some supervillains show up. Do you ever notice that you never have any superheroes or good guys? I'm a good guy. Compared to what? Antagonist. Not really a guest. Nutty Bites. Nimlast.org. I took a small bite out of the massive amount of clutter that's in this room, and I reduced two large, black, what you would call refuse sacks, to one small sort of uh, supermarket-style bag. You might call them refuse sacks. We just call them garbage bags. Sure. (laughs) That's weird. You won't let me hit stop. That's better. I see your point about the quality, by the way, Mike. As in the quality of the video when you did the subtitles. Oh, right. But I want the subtitles, and subtitles are more important than good quality. Yeah, there were two versions of the Siege. Finding my Season 1 box set would be approximately likened to finding the Ark of the Covenant in this room. Mm, Mine's just here to the left, within reach. On that note, quite ready to kick off. Yeah, let's get right into it. Straight, foe, et, clicky. Fade to black, fade in on previously. Chinese ship. Yes. The hive ships will be in range of the satellite in 49 hours. That satellite is the only thing standing between the Wraith and Atlantis. They were so optimistic at this point. Mm-hmm. According to the ancient database, it should be able to take out all three when fully charged. This is bad! Very bad! <laughs> Doom and gloom. The Wraith are not interested in destroying Atlantis. They're coming here to get to Earth. Which means stealing the city, which is why we have a self-destructing place. Yes. I'm having trouble docking with the satellite. See what you can do from your side. There isn't time for that. It's odd that you said they're very optimistic and the most immediate next thing which came on was McKay going, This is bad, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely timed. We have a kill. Well, I mean, based on if any of Roddy's lines are going to be some variation of This is bad, this is very bad. The reason I included that was because it was an expensive shot and they wanted to use yeah. it again. And they're not embarrassed to use the CGI multiple times if it looks good enough. Return to Atlantis. <laughs> Keep your cloak on, though. <laughs> yeah, it's cold out there in space. Right, new content. 
Welcome back, Rodney. Where are we? Well, that's where we were. You'd thought he'd have changed, though, after being in that spacesuit. Always time for a shower. Yeah, just not with a lemon-scented gel. <laughs> Doesn't change the fact that we're out of options. We can't hope to fight them. So unless either of you have any more ideas... What about the Athosians? Who gives a crap about the Athosians, apparently? Well, let's face it, all Halling did was moan. Hmm. Are the Athosians even living on Atlantis anymore? I thought they moved off somewhere else to be independent. No, they're on the planet. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get it. Ready? Uh, Self-destruct. Lovely. Well, I'm not quite sure who actually wrote this self-destruct program. Probably Zelenka. But regardless, it's not exactly going to be state-of-the-art secure. Self-destruct is armed. Ten hours. You know, I think we're just disappointed she can get the ball up the mountain. <laughs> you know? Rodney dialed the Alpha say. Darling. See people sort of moving out of the way. Step away. <laughs> and you notice Atlantis doesn't have any markings on the floor where to go. They were clever enough not to stand in front of the gate. Lower the shield. So this was a bit unexpected. Where <laughs> them now? Yay, humans! Don't shoot. What? Boxes of stuff. Yep, lots of boxes. And men who look like they're on a mission. Dr. Weir. Yes. Colonel Dylan Everett, United States Marine Corps. Oh dear. And aren't I magnificent? All this dialogue was uh, ADR'd, mainly because the little jeeps they were bringing the uh, weapons on were loud as hell. They actually pointed out that Ben Browder, when he joined the show, Realised that he got so good at doing ADR on Farscape that he'd rather do his scenes that way. I'm going to need you to disarm it immediately. Hold on a second, Colonel. I don't think you fully grasp our situation. You have three Wraith Hive ships bearing down on your position and precious little to defend yourselves with. That about sum it up. Oh, isn't it here? He's got a level of arrogance which is almost, on a scale of one to McKay, that's about an eight. Ooh, good for you. That should make my job a little easier. Exactly is your job, sir. Yeah, Taylor, slap him. Stat. Yeah. We are going to defend Atlantis at all costs. And credit sequence. Right then, The Siege Part 2. Stargate Atlantis Season 1, Episode 20, the season finale. Mm-hmm. Gatecast, Episode 191. Who knew we'd get this, right? Directed by Martin Wood, written by Martin Garrow. UK premiere, March the 8th, 2005. US, March the 25th, Australia, August the 25th, Canada, January the 31st, France, August the 19th. Episodes with the same title, Walker, Texas Ranger, Spencer for Hire, The Defenders, Hawkeye, Spiral Zone, which I haven't got a clue what that was, <laughs> and quite a few more, judging by IMDb. This was the seventh episode of the first season of Stargate Atlantis that Martin Wood had directed. His grand total for all Stargate was 76 episodes, with 47 from SG-1, and 29 from Atlantis. He's currently directing on the new series Cedar Grove, which includes Terrell Roffrey and Gary Chalk in the cast. Colonel? Signed by General O'Neill. Nice that General O'Neill sent a note <laughs> relieving her of command. Mm-hmm. Subtext there. <laughs> Colonel, it's not that we don't appreciate the thought, but if you had read the report on the Armada headed this way, you'd know that there's not much we can do about it. Oh, I read your report cover to cover, Major. What's the fun is FPM? That's the only way they could have dialed in from Earth. 
It was discovered in Egypt by a group of archaeologists. Damn thing's been under our noses the whole time. Yeah, but let's not really go into how that happened. How can you possibly bring the Zeppian back here? I mean, you need to maintain the wormhole. As we speak, it is being transported up to the Daedalus, our new battlecruiser. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> With a ZPM boosting her engine, she should be here inside of four days. That's fast. <laughs> Very fast. Took three weeks before, or at least it would have done if Valorant <laughs> got involved. <laughs> Any civilians who'd like to return and help take part in damage control are welcome to do so. And when you're done with that, please join me in my offices in the conference room. We'll discuss our tactical position. Yeah. <laughs> do something to slow him down, because there's no stopping this guy. Let's get forward. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I understand that. Good. Somebody want to please turn off that self-destruct. He is, I think, the worst military guy they've owned either show so far. I beg to differ. I think Sumner was worse. Fortunately, he didn't survive episode one. No, he wasn't quite the jerk this guy was. He is. <laughs> because he didn't get enough screen time before he got eaten. We brought along a few rail guns. They were originally slated for Prometheus to replace their current close-in armament on our next refit. They will deliver. An impact velocity of Mach 5 at 250 miles. A standard magazine will hold 10,000 rounds. Whoa. Plus, he looks kind of like a used car salesman, even in camo. Did you contact the Alpha site? Yeah. <laughs> that hairstyle. I asked Major Shepard to wait until I had a chance to talk with you. Is that a fact? Yes, sir. Major, dial the Alpha site. Colonel, you've been here all of five minutes. Now, I have been responsible for the lives of the people on this base, both military and civilian, for the past several months. Uh, <laughs> she's in charge. <laughs> I'll stand behind her. I don't need to explain myself to you, Doctor, and I don't need your cooperation. But you could probably use mine. And not that many have died, either. No. Of course, several name characters have died. We don't count the NPCs. No, sir. I understand you need to establish a clear chain of command. But if you cut Dr. Weir out of the loop, you'll only alienate the people whose trust and respect she's earned, which is everyone on the base. Colonel Dylan Everett is played by Clayton Landy. He's been in Drop Dead Diva, Footloose, Necessary Roughness, Las Vegas, Deep Space Nine, Babylon 5, Sliders, and Way Back in Dynasty. Oh, my. Wow. Have you seen our spiky table? Here, let me push you towards one of these bits. <laughs> I am the foremost expert on the defense capabilities of this city. You know how it is. When military steps in, scientists take a backseat. Until they need us. They don't think they need us. Yeah, they don't think they need us right up until the point that they need us, and then they need us. And they need us. Yeah, the them and us. <laughs> I was going to say, again, like you said the last episode, that, that Japanese one from Letters to Home should have been could have been standing there with McKay and Zelenka. And the guy in the... Uh... The beige, he was the contest winner to get a part on the show. Never figure out who that one was. Once deployed, they will detonate by proximity fuse. Space mines? That's right. We use jumpers in stealth mode to place them in a pattern between the Armada and Atlantis. That's Captain Radner, played by David Orr. From what I've read, they shouldn't be wearing berets, or at least not that colour. Colours I don't know about. I don't know of any Marines that wear berets, though. Yeah, that was it. The, the question whether they were Marines or perhaps they're a special SGC detachment. Air Force wears is, but yeah, making up uh, the uniforms as they go along. Isn't this very much? Uh, thanks for playing, kids, but we're taking the toys back. Pretty much, we're in charge now. Yeah. We've come to protect you and save you. And I gotta say, this is shooting past a lot quicker than the other one did. It is. We found a way to increase the power output by six hundred percent. It won't last nearly as long, but should be able to power the chair for as long as we need it to. It's beginning to sound like a plan. I'm glad you approve. We know this is a long shot, but like I said, all we have to do is hold out until the Daedalus gets here. Then we can use the ZPM to power the city shield. 
breakneck pace. Yeah, in the commentary they said, you know, most of the time the second part's always faster paced. They've got all the setup done and they can go hell for leather. <laughs> I like this. Informed <laughs> of our plans? I would greatly appreciate it if you'd execute my order and contact the Alpha site. And John's reaction is right. Mm. Yes, sir. Simple, straightforward. And Major! This is the last time I give you an order twice. Understood. Yeah, don't screw with me. <laughs> this isn't Jack. Orders aren't <laughs> interpretable. This is a man that makes Hammond look flexible. Yeah. This guy should have known better than to come in the way he was, way he came in. Doesn't matter if he had the right to come in and kick man like that. Well, perhaps that's his command style, and maybe he hasn't seen, you know, a lot of the personnel reports or anything like that. I imagine he's read them. He's just ignored the bits he didn't like. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling I get. Speaking of someone who recently had staff assigned to them, <laughs> Jeremy, the editor of the episode, was given a lot of praise for his montage. He also did the montage on Brotherhood. Also, Bridget McGuire, she and her team designed all the railguns and space mines. Yeah, that's a seriously big mass driver. <laughs> the railguns look cool. I was happy when I saw those pop up the first time I watched the episode. I was like, oh, cool, they're going to blow up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty extensive montage. But I suppose it uh, shows you everything you need to know. The installation of all the railguns, the deployment of the space mines, and all the ex-military personnel on the base, which course we've uh, not seen before and that for anybody that watches the arrow is james bamford the stunt coordinator who designs all the stunts hmm. he was a stunt coordinator on uh, atlantis he also did some stunt work on sg1 also acted on sg1 and sga as we can see so say he, he looked kind of familiar that i've seen him in more than just this i think he was a replicator in sg1 it took me five episodes to recognise John Barrowman and Arrow. Epic geek fail. <laughs> it was just unlike any role I'd seen him play. That's the spirit. Ignore the Colonel until proper combat etiquette has been carried out. And you are Colonel Everett. Major Shepard spoke very highly of you in his report. Of course, a more recent report has me a little concerned. You think I may once again fall under the influence of the Wraith? Major Shepard assures me that won't happen, but I do need you to stay out of the way. Do you not need every able body to help defend Atlantis? I think we can handle it. <laughs> Why not just lock her up and be done with it? I can't remember, does he die in this episode or next episode, hopefully? We don't know what happens to him <laughs> in next episode because we don't discuss next episode, do we, Jeffrey? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now, listen to me very carefully. Do exactly what I tell you to do and hopefully no one will get hurt. Rodney. There must be someone else. Concentrate on powering up the chair. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing but. Don't start thinking Don't about... Don't tell me what not to start thinking about. I'll start thinking about it. Please power it up. And we get a call back here to the pilot episode. Nobody's flying around in a helicopter this time, so... <laughs> yeah, Paul McGillian really doesn't like these chairs, does he? <laughs> I mean, th this is basically the comic relief for a, probably a fairly heavy-duty episode. You would have thought they'd have taken the time... Well, I'm going to say they didn't really have the energy to experiment with the chair, did they? Mm. No. Just going to leave it there? Oh. <laughs> Get out of the chair. Oh, good. Yeah, you can move now. <laughs> Anything with the chair, they probably dismisses just too much energy to begin to try it. Elizabeth. Excuse me. I've hooked up the generator, and the chair platform is operational. That's good news. Not so much. Why? What's wrong? 
We're down to just a few dozen drones. And you're just finding this out now? Look, there was no way of determining that until the chair was initialized, and that was only possible once the Mark II was tied in. The chair in Antarctica controlled thousands of the damn things. Yes, I know. They were probably used defending Atlantis the first time the Wraith attacked the ancients. Even a few dozen will help us keep them at bay for a while. What is it? We have incoming. I don't know where they came from. They just appeared all of a sudden. And as Jeff said, there's Chuck the technician, who was uh, the stand-in and line reader. Actually considered that good a line reader, he got a part on the show. Because <laughs> they're rocks. Asteroids. The Wraith must have harvested them from the system's asteroid belt and accelerated them towards us from a safe distance. The mainframe's taken this long to determine that they were a threat. Can they do much damage? Oh, yeah. Even if most of them burn off in the atmosphere, but that's not why they're doing it. They're headed toward the mines. Oh, dear. I'm going to say, they really miss, so... Uh, a dozen is a dozen darts taken care of. Or maybe one big job. <laughs> I love this. Human arrogant. Look, we can't pick him up on radar, so why should these hyper-intelligent, yeah. futuristic aliens pick him up on their sensors? It was a ridiculous idea. Your minds make one hell of a bang, Colonel. I'm sure the Wraith's ears are ringing. What's the status of the hive ships? There's no way of knowing. The mine detonation must have overloaded the sensors. How long till they back up? There's a lot of residual radiation. Oh, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Go McKay. <laughs> he's never been shy, has he, in that regard? When he's annoyed, he'll say pretty much anything. What are they going to do? Send him home? Because they're firing him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now he's starting to realize, whoopsie. Maybe more difficult than I first imagined. Yes, well, I believe myself, but this is starting to turn into a cluster F of epic precautions. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, the holograph room. You've already made mistakes, you arrogant little... There's not that much tactical information in this holographic display, is there, though? This is the first time they've even tried to look at this sort of thing, isn't it? They saw it in the pilot because they got the beach from the ancient. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the first time they tried to access this information from the... Oh, since, yeah. Although I think they have seen all the stars turn red from blue before. <laughs> or they're just recycling all the graphics as the replicators took over. Put a crick in the neck, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 Seriously, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, how oh, that goes the budget for the next two seasons. <laughs> this is how it looked after they fought for almost 100 years. Until Atlantis was all that was left. Yes, sir. That's when the siege began. For several more years, the Atlanteans were able to hold off their attackers, relying on the city shield and superior weaponry, including the weapon satellite system. But no matter how many Wraith ships they destroyed... More kept coming in. They could win almost every battle, but they saw no way to win the war. Oh, so you can see how many satellites were in orbit. Yeah. Just how many satellites are first throughout the entire galaxy for them to have all this information. <laughs> Those Wraith ships are very low resolution. Mm. Kind of 8-bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the picture is pretty clear. I mean, it's a nice shiny hologram. Of course it's clear. No matter how many Hive ships or cruisers they destroy, there will always be more. Run away! And they will keep coming. Major, I think I should tell you that Colonel Marshall Sumner was a very good friend of mine. We served together a lot of years, and you know, I cannot for the life of me figure how it is that you could go as far as you did and not save him. How you could get that close. By the time I reach Colonel Sumner, worse, you admit to firing the shot that killed him. Because I believe that's what he wanted me to do. Ooh, personal. He was honest. Give him credit for that. <laughs> he could have covered it up. Oh, he was already dead. <laughs> hit him, John. Hit him. <laughs> Personal space, Colonel. He's a breath mint. 
<laughs> Is that a gun in your pocket? <laughs> there isn't a night that doesn't go by where that moment doesn't play in my head. And every time it does... Control room. Yep. <laughs> Saved by the bell. <laughs> Sir, we just detected a wave of darts inbound. I'm on my way. Head to the chair. A wave of darts. Uh, That's never good. No. You know, we don't we don't like the words inbound and wave in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dr. McKay must have been right about the nukes damaging the sensors. We couldn't see them until they were right on top of us. Could be worse. More rocks. Yes, mm. How about our damage control parties? They're all in position. All right. Dark in the city. Don't fire till you see the whites of their skin. Mm-hmm. Well, more of a turquoise, really. Yeah, before the battle commences, they were shooting on the stages next to uh, Dead Like Me, which were on hiatus. And when all these weapons were firing, people in stages and studios, put it this way, they're loud. Mm. They were firing these 50 caliber machine guns inside a studio. Oh, that would be very loud. They are not meant to be fired indoors. <laughs> these shots of the, the lights going out across the whole city and the fireworks going up, these are great facts. It's a huge amount of money being spent. Yeah. And it's worth it. Totally worth it. And it looks good. Another 50 cal. Each one of those bullets costs $6. Oh, God. Yeah. And they fired thousands. Uh, what about the railgun? I assume that... Is that firing anything? That's firing nothing. Yeah. No, that's EGI. That's one of the problems with it. It looks impressive, but it, when it's firing, it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> we never had a battle on this scale ever in SG-1, did we? Mm-hmm. Only when they really went into orbit, nothing on the surface. Hmm. Look, this generator can only power the chair because it operates in a state of barely controlled overload. Just get the damn thing working. I'm trying to do. Colonel, it's Ratner! Go ahead. The only big battles with lots of people that I could think of in SG-1 involved staff weapons, mm-hmm. not mortars and bazookas and everything else. I suppose you could count the battle in Heroes, but even that was pretty small compared to this. Yep. This is epic. Though. Maybe they weren't sure they were getting a season two. Oh, they knew they were getting a season two. <laughs> said, this looks like something that they've gone, you know what, screw it, let's just blow the rest of the budget. <laughs> I'm pretty sure standing on that balcony is not the safest place to be. Especially without proper body armor and a helmet. Oops, that. Bye bye. That's a useful weapon, isn't it, really? <laughs> Not only do you get your dinner, <laughs> you get to stop firing at you at the same time. Farrell, report! Farrell, this is Lieutenant Ford. I'm near Farrell's position. I'm on it. Maybe now you understand what you're up against, Colonel. Yes, time to play hero. Shepard never let me play hero. <laughs> Bear in mind the last time Shepard actually fired one of these things. What I just thought of was, uh, what happened to Shepard still ruminating over the little agreement with the colonel in the holograph room? Is one of the drones going to go hit the... Yeah. <laughs> one drone hits him by mistake. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> All of this stuff here with the city battle is worthy of a movie. Oh. Not just a TV show. It's like Space Invaders, isn't it? It is a bit. Or maybe Missile Command. I'm just loving how it looked. That's it, Ford. Go for it. Whole year's resentment at being last in the line for offering advice. Let's face it, Shepard listens to Taylor and McKay before he listens to you. Hell, he even listens to Bates, and he doesn't even like Bates. Here they come, Ford. Can't afford to miss. They're coming straight for you. Protect your leaders. 
Be a hero. And that effect, they were rather disappointed with. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look good at all. No. That ball of fire so close would have singed all their eyebrows. Get it. <laughs> Run. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. The Wraith flying the dart is doing his best to uh, get away from the drone. But there's no escaping. He's locked on. Shepard's mind is guiding it from the chair. Just in shouting. <laughs> we're still alive. Bloody hell. <laughs> I've seen worse at his after battles. Yeah. I like that they adjusted the stock for these long shots of so damage and smoke. Working on it. I want to know the status of those hive ships ASAP. They're coming. That's their status. Tomorrow, the day after, the day after that, eventually they'll get here. Whether we're here to greet them or not is another matter. Rodney. Look, the chair is out of drones. How do you expect to handle the next wave? I'm open to suggestions. Really? Can't they, like, lower the city a little bit underwater to put out the iris, flood the first couple floors, bring it back up? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so you volunteering for a suicide mission? It won't be a suicide mission if McCain and Zelenka can figure out a way to remote control the jumpers. Can you do it? I knew this was going to happen. Is that a fact? Yes, it's a fact. Look, you show up here with your guns and your brush cuts. Brush cuts. <laughs> brush cuts. <laughs> and every time what you ask is impossible. When was the last time you slept, Doctor? Shut up, I have an idea. The chair. Yeah, be quiet. I'm, I'm being a genius. Without overloading the generators. Possibly using the drones and the jumpers themselves as a means of propulsion. While increasing the inertial dampening to maximum. Nothing very maneuverable, but possibly. Possibly. Is that a yes? No, it's a possibly. I'll take it. How much damage can one puddle jumper do? I got an idea about that too. They were lucky that the darts don't have any, you know, explosive units. The energy-based weapons seem ideal for taking out baseborne aircraft, but uh, they're not really designed for bombarding a city. No, they're just designed to take everyone in the city. You know the sad thing? I'm starting to feel like McKay in my current job. <laughs> yeah, this, and I said, well, yes, of course I can, but why do I bother? The race. They are in Atlantis. Who let her out? Oh, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Again, they should have expected that. Yep. They know one Wraith got down, so why wouldn't any more? The Wraith piloting the kamikaze ships beam into the city right before they hit. So they're trying to take the city intact. How many are we talking about? How many darts crash? Between 20 and 30. 20 and 30 is a lot. Uh, to me, it makes sense they wouldn't expect it, because we're talking space battles, so you don't expect them to just drop people off in a space battle. You stay in the ship. Yeah, but they knew that Wraith, who they captured, got down through a jumper. Through a... Uh, not a jumper. A dart. <laughs> yeah. He has the gene. Yeah. It was originally meant to have the gene natively, mm -hmm. and they changed it for some reason or other. I wonder why. Also worth pointing out, that was Martin Wood's hand. He's the official hand model. Ooh. She is the one who sensed the Wraith presence in the first place. Captain? Get some weapons for these people. Yes, sir. There's other people on this base that possess the ancient gene. Dr. Kusanagi, for example, I'm sure she'd relish the opportunity to help. Okay, I am exhausted and starving, so sit down. Carson, it's out of drones. You couldn't do any damage if you wanted to. Thank you. Okay, we're in business. Head down to the jumper bay. Radio me when you get there. Yeah, that jumping between different sections of the city was Brad Wright's idea. Mm. He saw it on Survivor, <laughs> the American reality TV show. Oh, God. <laughs> That's just silly. 
he said, what a brilliant idea for actually, you know, showing you how big the place is. And every time you hit concrete wall, that's because all the energy of the city has been pointed towards defence. Hmm. No windows. That's the way they explain that up. Shows off how pretty Diddy is too, though. Yeah, yeah, but what did it cost to do all this EG? Because I know why they did it, because essentially, I mean, as I was reading in B5, once they've modelled the city completely in CG, they can just put the camera and go, run it from here to here, keyframe here, keyframe here, go. Yeah, right. And it'll just render it. It's actually not a huge effort to do it once you've built the actual city. Amazingly, you can do that, though. They could do that in B5 20 years ago. They can certainly do it now. Well, yeah. There are times when... Being able to do that just still strikes me as awesomely cool and space age. We are living space in the future. Age. Accept it. <laughs> I won't oh, accept it. Behind you. Oh, you should break some bones. <laughs> At least a rib with that throw. No, this is Ford. Ford Superman. Yeah, he's dead. Stop wasting bullets. He's not Superman yet. Come on, John. More bullets, just to make sure. Yeah, really got a bit of an unfair advantage, haven't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is what you have minions. Yeah, who's in charge here? Speaking from a personal minion perspective, when I have a horrible job that doesn't require my level of security clearance to do, I give it to a minion. That's what minions are for. Exactly. I've got 16 of them. Nice. I'm glad I'm leaving in two months because otherwise the power might go to my head. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't start making them wear special uniforms or you know, march about. No, but one of the guys who's actually 10 years older than me and bald wanted to know if he could wear short in tomorrow. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, uh, no, you might traumatize teenagers we've got in covering for. <laughs> I'm set to go. Good, I can't imagine anyone more qualified. Pull this off, I'll buy you a drink. You got a deal. Delegate. Once again, they had problems getting Cole Meany, so we've got no Cowan in this episode. And uh, Collier, of course, he really wouldn't be up for negotiating anything. No. So we've got a new Jinai to deal with. Prenum, played by Chris Britton, Canadian actor. Mm. And this initially was shot in one whole, one whole shot. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they had to cut it up a bit. He looks like someone who does interrogations with sharp objects. Yes, and kicks little puppies. No, he looks like he simply stands there and speaks quietly and displays the sharp objects, but doesn't actually use them. <laughs> you heard our message. The wraith are at our doorstep. And we are understandably delighted at the prospect of your demise. That may be so. But still, we have something that you want. C4. More than that. We have an opportunity for you to test your weapon at no risk to yourselves and a chance to strike at the Wraith. And Tori wasn't originally blindfolded for the whole scene either. But again, they thought it looked right. I think it worked. Yeah, it kind of forces her to uh, deliver everything she's feeling through her voice. Mm. It also makes sense they, they would have blindfolded her with the way relations have been between the Jedi and the, the humans. On the yeah. Mm. Especially when they're planning on double-crossing us. Right. Hundreds of lives were lost on the surface. But thousands more were saved because our underground complex went undetected. So you see, the threat to the Janai has come and gone. So far as the Wraith are concerned, this planet is no longer of interest to them. We have the design that Dr. McKay provided for us, 
and our prototype bombs are nearly complete. So why would you ask me to come here? So that we may trade the C4 for your life. This really proves that Weir is a good character if they write well for her. Yeah. Oh, the poor Jinai. Yeah. Or more likely, the poor Jinai who were acting as farmers on the surface. <laughs> Noble sacrifice needs a dominion, oh. etc. And the poor Jinai <laughs> living next to the poorly fielded nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me, guys, has that felt like half an hour? Nope. 29 minutes, 18 seconds. Hold on. Jeff, don't be me. <laughs> God. People give out to me because I'm unduly precise, and when I try and get vague, other people go and pick up my style and run with it. Bad, Jeff. That was nearly a minute off the time you said I thought it was important to be a little bit more precise. This is Everett. The Wraith just took out one of our generators. It's the nearest generator station. Number three. Taylor's group is closer. Taylor? We're already on our way, Major. Oh, oh yeah. I really trust those with P90s. <laughs> How much training have they had? I would think they'd probably had had quite a bit of training, so I wouldn't see Shepard not giving them every bit of training he could mm-hmm. get away with. Incorporate it into your weapons? Yes. And you would test them? Of course. I am offering you the chance to test your weapon design on a Wraith Hive ship at no risk to your own people and still have enough to build dozens more. Now, if you are too proud or too stupid to see Be careful, them, Doctor. I am way past careful. Now, you know what the deal is, and it's a damn good one, so take it or leave it. You don't know where they are anymore because you mm-hmm. haven't got the memory device, which you stole from the hive ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to tell the Wraith where you are. Yeah, <laughs> you're still alive. <laughs> if you remember Sora, mm-hmm. who was uh, left behind in the storm in the eye, okay. the scene was filmed where she was returned to uh, the Janai in trade. Mm. But then cut out. Oh, forgot that that would have happened. Carson, I need you to clear your mind and think about the puddle jumper. Think about bringing it online. What was she returned in trade for? Why is Rodney dismantling the jumper? Uh, Rodney isn't. Oh, sorry. They're trying to build a, a remote control system so they don't have to sacrifice pilot. They have unlimited jumpers? And they have a lot. They've only got one or two nukes, so mm. it's not really a problem, is it? I don't think they ever said how many jumpers they did or didn't have, but it always looked like mm. at least somewhere in the 20 or 30 range for the number of jumpers they had in there. Yeah. If you look at that tower, you would assume that every level has five or six jumpers. He looks constipated. He does. <laughs> Concentrating really hard. Yeah, watching <laughs> crap himself. What's the name of that new show, Touch of Cloth? Star season one here, I think there were like three episodes. It's riff on every single cop show reference. Okay, Janai, two volunteers to take the nuke. You may not return. If you do return, I hope you've had all the kids you're planning on having. Well, you know, those <laughs> evil Atlanteans are going to torture them to throw their bits of body parts off into the ocean. Now, you wouldn't be surprised to see that this hallway is very short, so they're filming from the left and the right. The big guys, I know they're not supposed to be as graceful as the, mm. the other Wraith, but they look more like zombies advancing on a barricade than... you got to wonder, soldiers. are they actually under direct mental control of the Wraith? They could well basically be... I mean, the implication is that they're drones. Yeah, but we never found out one way or the other. They may not really have any independent will. You know, it could be a whole puppet string thing. This episode provokes lots of discussion. Colonel? Well done, Doctor. I, I have to admit it. I'm impressed. Well, maybe there's hope for me yet. I'm in your chair. I thought it was your chair. Yeah, well, I... Uh, I don't sit much. I was just going over the... 
problem. We have a lot of problems. I just finished examining the Janai nuclear devices. They're incomplete. You'd have thought he, he could commandeer a bigger office. He's a military man. He's used to a small space, you know. His entire life probably fits in a duffel bag. This is also him demonstrating he realized he is out of his comfort zone. He, he doesn't know what he's doing here. He knows what oh, she's dear. doing. And David, in the commentary, remarked on how he really enjoyed carrying the P90 around. Smoke still going black. I like the damage long shot of the city. You want to see me, Rodney? Yes, yes. I need something to keep me awake. Yeah, me too. I've already given you something. Yeah, well, we're building nuclear bombs here. Staying awake is sort of a prerequisite. Snappy. All right, I'll get you another stimulant. Carry on. Thank you. Give me more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Injured people being wheeled out on gurneys. And mostly uh, thousands by the looks on it. <laughs> I'm sorry you lost some of your people. Many have died, Colonel. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's come to think of it, since we met you people. This is Everett. Jumper 4 has just informed us the Wraith Hive ships are approaching the planet. Defense team, to your positions. Here we go again. He's just gone city wide. Do they know they've eliminated all the Wraith in the city, or has he just told them what's going on? They believe they've eliminated all the Wraith, according to the censors. Now I know how tired you all are, and how much we have asked of you these past few days. Hopefully, the Deadless will arrive soon. But until that happens, our fate is in our own hands. No, your faith is in Rodney's hands. <laughs> is ever not in Rodney's hands? There are so many things that aren't in Rodney's hands. <laughs> the cute neighbor next door with his cat. Yeah. Jill's date. Jill's nice addition. Shush. <laughs> you brought it up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you call it out. You made it fair game. Again, they gave Tori a good speech, and she delivered. Time's up. Well, what a coincidence. We're done. <laughs> You have 30 seconds rest, Rodney. Mm-hmm. Use it well. Not even that. Done. <laughs> Rodney does actually look exhausted. Next project. Right. Colonel, we're heading to the bay to load up the jumpers. Understood. <laughs> hmm. It's a good job we've got a nice flat floor. Given the amount of time left, yeah, I mean, this city is very Dalek friendly. Now, those are, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> those are the Janai bombs, right? They're just yeah. wheeling out. Those are awfully steampunk-looking bombs. Well, so is everything Janai. Not everything Janai, but those were. The Janai guns actually look cool. I know Mike isn't mentioning. The last time I mentioned steampunk when we were commenting on a particular SG-1 episode, he was asking where the steam was. I think primarily to wind me up. You've got a tunneling device with all pipes and gauges. There should be steam. I agree. Maybe it's eel that's well-built. Shepard, are you ready? That's a nice effect. I'm not surprised they didn't do it again, though. <laughs> it really helps deliver the message how big the city is. Oh, that's not good. Taylor's still suspicious. Railgun! Just drop a small sort of a uh, cut from suspicious minds in there. <laughs> that's a lot of dark. <laughs> Even more than last time. Oh, my. Yeah, still only two motherships, though. Okay. With a little baby ship. Yeah, lots of cruisers. And that, that simply popped them so that that's alarm. <laughs> They're sending in another wave. Major, we need to go. Oh, through the cloud cover. Nice. Fire! Yeah, when you fire in one of them 50 cows, you've got to keep your mouth open. 
Yep, I've heard that. Otherwise, the percussive air pressure will actually do serious damage to you. Where's your eardrum? Yeah. Beam. Ooh. Ow. That's lucky. It's going to poke someone's eye out. <laughs> oh, I hit the water. Hey, there's something wrong. Power levels are dropping. Oh, great. The generator's at it. That's bad timing, that is. Yep. <laughs> Rodney, nothing is happening. Da, 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 da. Why are there no jumpers in the air? We must have exhausted the Mark II's energy output. It's dead. Oh, what was that? Death Star's approaching. It's coming around the outside of the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Jeppard can't wait. I must take action. Yeah. Run away. Got a long way to run from uh, the chair ooh, the chair room to the jumper bay. Why doesn't he use the teleporty thing? Uh-oh. Heads up, people. They're in the base. There we go. Oh, what was that? How long has it been since we've seen that little wraith illusion thing? Colonel, we have a problem. What is it? We may need to give the order to evacuate. Elizabeth, wait. You can't. I have to. I didn't know it. John? He looks very... Hmm. Determined. Stern and, yeah, determined, yeah. I must be the hero. Was he really going to wait for it to let him go? No, I want to see where go. Come <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Bob! There's <laughs> <laughs> a status on that damn jumper. It's on its way. Whoa! Okay, Colonel, here's your chance. Yep. Oh dear. Be the big hero. Or, you know, be the adult. <laughs> and that is a new Wraith. Jeffrey C. Robinson is playing this Wraith. Although, surprisingly, under the same prosthetic mask, because his facial structure is different. You know, interestingly enough, he's just basically obviated the need to shoot anymore because, frankly, the race is going to feed off him and heal. Start prepping jumper two. Gunfire, what's your status? Gunfire. That's your status. They really only had, what, maybe 10 actors total play all the different Wraith in the, all the episodes? Uh, less than that, really. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of people who played Wraith. Yeah, James played uh, a Wraith in about 13 episodes. It's only when you needed to see two or three on screen at the same time with different markings. Or the rare female Wraith appearance. Going up. Hopefully if I take this one out, you're the one who back off. Well, you know, if you aim for race, maybe you could take them both out. <laughs> run, Carson, run! <laughs> we can't stay here, Elizabeth. He's right, they're beaming in all over the place. We're not going anywhere. Not yet. You know, all that running for nothing. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even say anything when he got there, did he? Hmm. I had a cloaked a long time earlier than that. I think I would have cloaked the moment I cleared the, the launching bay. I'd have cloaked while clearing before. the launching bay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All it took was one little wraith dart. Hey, what's that? Get him. Would you believe it? Ford is a super soldier. He's running around all over the place doing everything. This is his chance to shine. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Nice. And the next batch of wraith are exactly the same actors. Left and right, the same people. Wraith left of me. Wraith to the right of me. <laughs> Ford actually looks worried. And, you know, the one wraith did actually kind of look like a joker or a clown. Help me arm the self-destruct in case this fails. The way Rare is lit there, her features look very sharp. Yeah, they do. It should be doing that to everyone with that kind of lighting. Mm. But a serious Christ never looks. Yeah. <laughs> They're fortunate the Wraith Sons never really got around the uh, cloak. If I was Carson in that point, I'd have bought the Scotchman. <laughs> Medicinal alcohol. 
Deuce, final. Go. Careful goodbye of the hero. They haven't detected my approach. Weapon is armed and ready. Going in. <laughs> he didn't say cover me, Parkins. <laughs> well. <laughs> Who's Bob Scarabelli? Bob Scarabelli was the owner of Rainmaker Studios to do all the CGI work. Mm. Huh. Passed away suddenly. And I say Stargate was downright evil with the kinds of cliffhangers they left seasons and mid-seasons off on. They did a really good job with their cliffhangers and always left on a high note. Right. Well, what can you say about that? That was a good episode, wasn't it? <laughs> a shot by <laughs> amazingly quick. Indeed. And like you say, you really expected maybe one other scene, maybe a long shot of the jumper going towards the mm-hmm. raid, not just fate to black to be continued. Yeah, because I think I had to wait three months for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least. I weren't happy. <laughs> We're in the season two premiere. July the 15th in the US, so the UK would have been a few weeks behind that. So how long of a wait was that then? Some of the waits, when I was watching these as they came out, you know, originally on, on Sci-Fi Channel, it seemed like I was waiting up six months sometimes in between seasons or mid-seasons. About 14 weeks for the Americans. Okay. So not too bad, really. No. What about those? I don't know. I haven't got the UK air date for the season two premiere. Fair enough. It's not only John's cliffhanger, though. We had McKay running around like Rambo throughout the episode. When McKay is walking around with the gun, looking confident and comfortable with it. <laughs> On the subject of 50 cals, did anyone see the uh, Mythbusters about guns and water? No. They fired a 50 cal into a swimming pool. Oh, I saw that one. And basically, it's not dead about two foot in. The larger the bullet, the less it will penetrate water. Who says Gatecast isn't educational? Well, that worked. There's more space battles and guns and blown up stuff than we've had in a long time on the show. Yeah, I take it Mike gets my boy Crowder reference when he said, uh, you know, big guns and blowing stuff up. It's the only way to live. You'll see it when you watch Justified, Jeff. And Justified is well worth watching, especially once you get into season two. I just finished up season one on Thursday or Friday last week. So you did know by blowing stuff up reference then. You didn't mention it. Yeah, it's been really good. I'm, I'm glad my uncle threw the DVDs at me to watch. Netflix UK has three seasons of it. I don't think it's on Netflix at all here yet. Okay, then, that was The Siege Part 2, the series finale, season finale. Damn Americans in there. Okay, <laughs> that was The Siege Part 2, the season finale of Stargate Atlantis. Next week, it's going to be one of the wrap-up shows. Time of recording, I haven't decided if it will be Atlantis or SG-1. Mm-hmm. Either way, it will probably be a fun episode, they normally are. Yeah, they usually are. I think I even voted this time. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I voted the day I saw the tweet come out because I've forgotten the vote before and I've been rightly given it to. So. You voted before I did. Yeah, that's quite impressive considering you put the poll up. Tweeted me, then yeah, I voted. I thought, oh, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, see, see, look. Yep. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Well, here we are again with a little news and a few birthdays. And not forgetting the listener feedback. We'll begin with the London Film and Comic Con Winter Convention, which takes place Saturday the 5th of October and Sunday the 6th. Michael Shanks, Alexa Doy and Sue Ann Braun will be making an appearance. In Portland, the Rose City Comic Con takes place September the 21st and 22nd. Jewel State and Christopher Judge will be attending. Terrell Rothery recently appeared in the new Hallmark series Cedar Cove and will be making an appearance hopefully recurring in the second season of Arrow which returns to the CW in October. 
Janina Gavanka, who guest starred in the excellent Atlantis episode Whispers, will be making an appearance in the fifth season of The Vampire Diaries. She recently starred in True Blood, Arrow, The Gates and The League. On the birthday front, we wish a happy birthday to Sam Jones on the 12th of August. Sam appeared as Iris Bock, the bounty hunter, in the Stargate episode Dead Man Switch, and of course was Flash Gordon in the movie of the same name. Also on the 12th, a happy birthday to Casey Dubois, who played young Wex in the Atlantis premiere Rising, and again in Hide and Seek. He recently appeared in Supernatural, About a Girl, and Continuum. Finally, a very happy birthday on the 14th to Ben Bass, who stars in Rookie Blue, but we know him as Dr. Stephen Raynar in the SD1 episode The Curse. Right then, time for some feedback. On the Facebook Gatecast group, in response to last week's episode, The Siege Part 1, Brad posted, Poor Grodin. I replied, He died well. What else would you expect from a Brit? And apologising for his failure as well. Brad? Why did he apologise? It was Rodney's fault. Me? It was no one's fault. The secondary and jerry-rigged conduits were not up to spec for carrying the power. They got lucky with the first shot. Of course, Grodin can be forgiven for not thinking rationally when the end was nigh, and thinking he had failed, and everyone he knew would die soon. Brad? Well, Rodney should have known better. I guess in the end there wasn't enough time to research the satellite properly. Gate Tech Alpha 6 A great conclusion to the season arc. The Wraith are coming. They're here. Once again, Jeff adds some great opinions to the country, whilst Alan deals with his lawn being mowed. Can't wait for next week's conclusion to what some agree is the best season of Atlantis. Me? Ah, someone recording with the windows open can cause problems. Mars McLaughlin replied, Seas 2 and 3 are two very enjoyable episodes for me. I think we'll all agree that any corners they cut this past season will be justified after watching these two. They gave it their all in the first season finale. Gate Tech? Yeah, now Atlantis isn't as remote as it once was. Some feel the show lost an important premise. The fact Atlantis was located in the Pegasus Galaxy meant SG-1, or Earth, wasn't there to help. Now, with the introduction of the Daedalus and later starships, we're alone and have to fend for ourselves no longer applies. Me? Yeah, but it had to change. Atlantis was totally incapable of defending itself against the Wraith with no external support, even if it found three fresh ZPMs. Jeff Wolseley replied, Also, even though they will now have regular contact with the SGC, they are still quite a bit more on their own than any other place the SGC runs. Brad? I think it's part of the ship hate. Atlantis season 2 through 5 and SG-1 seasons 9 and 10 seem to suffer from the ships to the last minute rescue every second episode. But I like the evolution of the Earth battle carriers, and wish we'd seen the next progression in a movie or two. Gate tech? That's what I meant. Sure, it was worked around occasionally by having the subterranean transmitters removed, but once the Stargate stopped being used as a main form of transport, it stopped being Stargate and started being Star Trek, only with better looking ships. I'm also very surprised out of seven Earth ships, we only lose two in the series. The writers had a habit of destroying powerful tech early, i.e. Midway, Lantern warships, because they solve problems too easy. Pity. Adam Nelson replied, Siege Part 1 was the first complete episode of any of the Stargate series I saw, on reruns between seasons 4 and 5. The fact that they made Rodin's death feel like a big deal, even to someone with no knowledge of the show, was what convinced me to give the show a chance. Me. Yeah, he was only a minor recurring character, but he was distinctive and stood out, so the loss was real, more so than a few of the airmen lost earlier in the season. That's the feedback for the Siege Part 1. Bradmore also uh, started a thread. Gatecast episode 125, Metamorphosis. A dark episode with very little humour. 
Not sure if your body could break down completely to water, but it would be a hell of a way to go. Also good to see that with superpowers come super deformity. No pretty boy Peter Parker's or Johnny Storm here. Pity the device was destroyed, it could have been really useful. At the time the ancients had left a lot of tech lying around, but as the writers always do, powerful tech must be destroyed. A fun listen to the show and one you should all go back and check out. I replied, ah, the naughty nerdy, played by Jacqueline Somunda. Brad, yes, of all things I would have done to her, snapping the neck wasn't one of them, but it was effective. Take note, Tilt. Gate Tech Alpha 6 also started the thread. Today's Gate Tech discussion covers SG-1 Season 6, Sight Unseen. Once again, we bring an alien device back to Earth that we have no idea about, and everything that's happened, who thought this was a good idea? It's distracting when the device itself seems to be slightly modified to reappear in Atlanta Season 1 episode Hide and Seek and it's covered in symbols and we've never before or after seen connected to the ancient language. And then there's the temple where the device was found. We only get a slight glimpse of the architecture over Carter's shoulder while talking into the map's camera. Columns look very Atlantis. Pity we couldn't have seen more of this set, could have given us a glimpse of what Atlantis would have been. And let's not go into the pacing and threat problems this episode has. It is very much in my bottom ten episodes of the series. I replied, the story hinged on bringing an unknown alien device back to Earth instead of examining it off-world. I'm sure there were procedures to prevent such stupid ideas, but they were often ignored. Many thanks to everyone that kept in touch with us and each other via Facebook, Google Plus and Twitter, or listen to us via iTunes or Stitcher Internet Radio. We really do appreciate every single one of you, and in that respect, if you fancy joining us for an episode, then get in touch. There is a list of the upcoming episodes on the main website, which we will be doing over the year, and only a handful have already been requested. If that is a step too far, then feel free to send us an hello via any of the means open to you. A simple tweet will always be rewarding. Or if you are feeling adventurous, then a voicemail or a piece for inclusion in the show will be accepted with our grateful thanks. In that regard, you can get in touch with us via these means. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate or more specifically Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular, and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. I hope you join us for one or both of the wrap-up shows. Until then, hope you have a good week, take care, and we'll see you next week. I've been Mike. I've been Alan, and when I next speak to you, I'll probably be in Finland. And this is Jeff, and I'd also real quick like to say thank you to Tanya on the Facebook Gatecast for those happy birthday pictures, things she's been putting up for the different actors. Some of those are really cool. Much better than just looking at the IMDb page. See you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk Stargate forever. Stargate forever.